welcome to Sword and Board Presents Board, James Board. I'm Luke. I'm Lars. And I'm Dan. This is the Farabee family talking about James Bond movies, surprisingly enough. How is everyone doing? The last time we talked, there was a, an insurrection going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're now recording on, uh, during... Biden's first <laughs> a resistance day speech. Yeah, I just yes. I just got off of, of uh, watching that to come do this. Cool, so pretty cool to see. Things are pretty good over here at the uh, the Greensboro Fairbies. We uh, we were able to host me and Papa here for a week. The kids were super excited to see them. Yeah, I'm gearing up to. I've got one more month to wrap up. Well, about a month and a half to wrap up my dissertation, and I start teaching my first class. Um, in about a month. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So, things are pretty good. Lucas, how you doing? I am okay. Uh, nothing too exciting going on. We, uh, have been in apartment hunting. Uh, we have been not doing much, just, uh, going around doing projects. I have been, uh, repairing quilts. For those of you who don't know, our mother makes fantastic quilts, has made them for years, and I'm actually in the process of repairing the first quilt she ever gave me. Wow. Oh, wow. It's, uh, cause... Send yep. photos. It, uh, it's just been, it's old, a little bit threadbare, just because I got it 25 years ago. So I'm, I'm in the process of cool. breathing new life into it. Is it the, uh, the black and white and gray one? It's the, bl- it's the black and white and gray one, yes. Yep. So you're apartment hunting. So you're yeah. looking for a new place? So, we are starting to yeah. make sure you do it within the season. You don't want to go over your limit. Yep, and I and <laughs> have to aim for the heart. You know, it's re it's really difficult to find a taxidermist who's willing to take on something that big. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the square footage alone, like how do you you know how do you embalm that? So oh yeah. Um. So paints. Uh, uh, you know, obviously we're we're next up in the the James Bond Odyssey that we're going on is uh is Thunderball tonight's drink is an ocean water martini since so much of it takes place underwater wow so um, an ocean a, water martini is it is some i don't know if that's actually the name of it i just came up with it. i went to the liquor store and got a mini of vodka and i looked at what was blue in the and it was <laughs> 99 blueberries or raspberries sorry 99 blue raspberries so it's 99 uh. It's 99 proof liquor and vodka. Oh, I thought there was salt water involved, but and it is even dis- better. Gusting. <laughs> one of these days, you're gonna have one that's actually good. You know, I don't know when, but one of these I days started, you will. I start. I I started with a martini. So I've got. I, no, you I've started with the, a. You started. I'm sorry, what? You started with beer and you started with beer and olives. A beer and olive, which is fine. I started with a, a, a just a, a good solid chilled vodka, and then I've gotten gone themed with them for the these drinks for Golden Eye for Goldfinger. <sighs> so I've got the gin martini with uh, with very dry dry wine. So it's very good. I tell you what, Lars, it looked very nice. It looked very ocean water. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, and let's, you should probably th- throw that out. <laughs> yeah. I can't waste. I'm drinking cherry coke and water. <laughs> so hey, I like I'm and I like your glasses. Good. Thank you. 
So yeah, so oh, we're they're, uh, we're staring at a computer. So we're yeah. we're doing uh, doing Thunderball. Dad, do you want to give us the your rundown of Thunderball? Absolutely. So Thunderball, a brief synopsis. Bond investigates the hijacking of an a Vulcan loaded with two atomic bombs, which have been taken, which had been taken by Spectre. The organization demands a ransom for the return of the bombs. Of course, Bond follows the lead to the Bahamas, where he meets up with his CIA counterpart and friend. Felix Leiter, who of course is another Felix Leiter now. Uh -huh. The pair suspect a rich playboy, Emilio Largo, probably one of the best Bond villains. He, he was really cool and classy, who is soon discovered to be Spectre's number two, ordered by Secretive's number one to direct the operation and search the area around his yacht and then the area where they think the yacht may have traveled. After finding the plane, the Vulcan, but without the nuclear devices on board, the two agents arrange for Largo's yacht to be tracked and ambushed once the bombs have been moved by Largo. It's interesting to read a synopsis like that because the movie was long and involved and you know a lot of things going on, and they, they distilled it to one paragraph. That's the synopsis. Which I'm gonna. I told Lucas this original or initially, Dad, that I I will actually wasn't that. This was fine. I wasn't that all that impressed after watching it. Wow. This was fine, and there it was. There was some fun stuff in it. It didn't connect with me as much as the other ones that we've watched so far. This wow. Was the first one that like I just didn't just kind of miss, and I I almost wonder if it was. It was really long, it felt. It felt its length. I, I took notes, like it takes takes us 40 minutes before Bond is introduced to plot. Like even even introduced to like, hey, there's a bad thing happening. It, we're 40 minutes in. Right, there, 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 there's a long involved setup for this entire movie. Right, and like we're an hour before we meet Q. So like there's just, a, it just, it takes us a while, whereas you know, the other ones aren't necessarily, they're not short movies, they're they're meandering as well, but they're meandering after Bond figures out that there's a plot. And you know, it, it's interesting because I thought that that's where this was going to go, that that's where you were going to go with this, because to me, I watched this movie as a mm -hmm. nine-year-old. Mm -hmm. I went to the theater, We went, the family went to the theater, we saw this movie, and this movie was the coolest yep. thing I'd ever seen. It was mm. underwater. It was it was, you know, scuba suits. It was people fighting underwater with spear guns. I mean, I remember coming home thinking, "Oh my God, this was the best movie I've ever seen." And oh. of course, I'm thinking about this movie as a nine-year-old, not right. as a sixty-five-year-old, right? Or 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 a thirty-six-year-old, a thirty-seven-year-old. I'm thinking about it as a I'd never seen this before. It was really exciting. There was a jet pack. There were, you know, all these really cool things. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. It's hard for me to to see it without that, without that jaundice. Oh, oh absolutely. And I'm not. Yeah. To yuck, I'm not trying to yuck. Oh no, either. no. Like, I, that's not. That's not. I, I think it's really interesting that you say that because if I looked at it with a, you know, with a with the blinders on and a 65 year old eyes. I would probably so, agree with. You. I like this one. My thought is, as much as as everyone says, as much as Gold uh, Goldfinger is the one that everyone 
is the quintessential Bond movie. Bond movies as we know them. There's a fantastic line about... Was, I can't remember the writer who said it, but whenever... Uh, most people, when they set out to make a Bond movie, they try to make From Russia With Love and end up making Thunderball. <laughs> and I like this. Yeah, and Thunderball is... Yeah. This is this is the quintessential... And, this is the... This isn't the quintessential Bond movie. This is the stereotypical Bond movie. Yeah, I, I think this, this movie... You know how they... They later on they went completely overboard with with gadgets and, yeah. Yeah. and everything. I think this one it carried it up to the you're, we're right on the line. We're you know he's got the backpack underwater that that he you know he can fly through the water and rip not one but two jetpacks in this in this movie. Oh yeah, and it, oh absolutely, as well as all of the underwater fighting. It it was like it went up to a level that you know you're you're over the top, but you're not quite completely falling off the mountain. Mm-hmm. Whereas follow on movies, they kind of went over the top, right? Um, uh, I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff that I like. I liked a lot of the un- underwater stuff. I liked the jetpack stuff. It just I'll I'll mention like the, you know as we're going through. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll kind of talk sure. about the whole thing, but just overall. I've always loved the idea of what happens when James Bond's on vacation. So the first 30 minutes of this is James Bond on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Into a regular James Bond movie. And that, I think that, that bit, if they, if they like snip, snip that out. So this, this movie for me, it's just a pacing issue. So like, if they take that out, it all, there we go. See, I don't, uh, I don't okay. know because for, for, for me, the big oh, yeah, go ahead. No, the big thing is I, I disagree because yeah, it's a little bit, it is a little bit slower, but we still have the, the he that's he, that's why he fights that member of the Tongs is to give us a little bit more action immediately on. But the fact that had Bond not been on vacation. The entire movie falls apart because that's how he recognizes that Angelo was there, and it's a it's a happenstance that Bond on vacation is still James Bond. That he's still we still we see yeah, him the, we see him at the top of his game when he's not even supposed to be playing. I mean, the the very yeah. beginning of the whole movie is just a teaser. It's just a it's like a mini movie that shows. Yeah, you know, and that's that's every Bond movie. him getting beat up. And it, it gets the jetpack, and he and, and he throws he throws he beats the guy up and and kills him, and then throws the flowers on the body. Yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. And I love his, his line about the jetpack. No well dressed man should be without one. Well, because well, oh, it's yeah. not. I wrote that it's one not. Too. It's not a jetpack. <laughs> it's a rocket belt. That's that's the end. It was really interesting. Bell Laboratories had just invented that jetpack. And they had been trying it out. It could fly for like 27 seconds, mm-hmm. I think. And the guy that invented it in the flyer, there was only one guy that ever flew it. He flew it in this movie to promote the jetpack. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, you know, it stuck this into the movie as a, which it was really cool. But oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, I love that that jetpack sound. That jetpack sound is actually fire extinguishers because the jetpack didn't sound like a jetpack. Oh wow! Yeah, it does. It because reality is unrealistic. Uh, right. So he, yeah. you know the the opening. There's a there's a funeral for one of the agents, and he you know fights the assassin, and then the Tom Jones song happens, and 
which was unbelievable that I, I there, there's a legend that Tom Jones, the last note of that, he held it so long he passed out. <laughs> now it's a legend, but yeah, it's 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 a great song if you if you get into the whole, you know, Thunderball genre. It's it's I mean for God's sake, it's Tom Jones. Well, it's also it's one of the few ones that has the theme worked into it. Yes. Yes. Right, like you know the. Uh, oh yeah, the whole uh, thing. And he strikes. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, it's great. It's a great song. I think, though, like, so Bond on vacation, as much as I love that idea, when he's, like, being being tortured by that weird rack thing, Mm -hmm. the the impression that I got, it it was silly. It wasn't dangerous. No, no. In the back of my mind the whole time. So Auric Goldfinger was a dangerous guy. Had a laser. And had a laser. And then, you know, a Red Grant was a dangerous man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, and while Laszlo is a dangerous person, Inspector's very dangerous. Like you said, Dad, it starts edging into the silly. It starts yep. getting yep. there. Yep. So, and the, so, yep. so then when you get to the later ones and Roger Moore's blowing up the guy with the cat in a helicopter, that's just silly. <laughs> right? You know, and it, it just, it, I don't know. It, it it wasn't that. That's the impression that I got early on, so that kind of stuck with me. However, it, I love. So, you know, we get you know get to the meeting at Spectre, which oh. thing anything in Spectre is great, and the I I love that. I love that whole he thing. just he just goes and he parks. Lazo parks, and the guy comes down like you can't park here, and he like glares at him, and he's like, oh, yeah, oh. In the back of my head, I'm like, <laughs> he's like the mob in Philly. I'll just park wherever the fuck I want. Like that's yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm bumping man. Like you're you 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 tow me. Do it. But all of the and the 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 layer they go into, you know, all of a sudden they they walk through so the whatever and they open the door and then all the people are reporting to number one. It was perfect. Like all I mean that that's that's how bad or you know evil organization should be run. I would love, you know, they only, and, you know, they don't get into, you know, they don't do everybody, which is fine, which is good. You know, they only, like, highlight, like, number seven, how is our operation in China's heroin, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Give me an update on this. I'd love to hear, like, what's, like, the lowly (laughs) 14s, like, well... What's number thirteen? We, uh, I'm in Cl- I'm in Cleveland. Yes. I'm in Cleveland. And, and hard mind punching operation. Yeah. What I did, <laughs> what I did was, I went through and, and I cut the bottoms out of all the salt shakers at fast food restaurants. <laughs> so then when people pick them up, it all spills out. Yeah. And and like everybody else is just like, oh, okay, great, Greg. Like, you're evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Greg. <laughs> but I thought it was great that. Of course, the bad guy. You knew that somebody was going to get, you know, killed. And then yeah. when he gets electrocuted, the the chair is on an elevator that takes him out. And I was thinking, wow! So every one of these chairs in the room, if you don't do well, you can you can be killed and just eliminated. Which begs the question, and also, begs but who who built who, who built the room? One who built the room. Also, why would you ever? Double cross this organization, you know, like you you've like that's obviously not the first time that's happened because they've built all this stuff, right? Exactly. So you've seen some of your compatriots get electrocuted and well, sent it's because down. they're evil and they're dumb. 
they're, they're smart, but they also <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, because people yeah, yeah I, they absolutely. Are too smart for I work with these people every yeah. day. Right. <laughs> right, they think they're smarter um, than than. That's why that guy who is number ten, or I'm sorry, it's number nine who dies. Right, I think it's number nine. Number nine thinks he yeah. It, it leads you to think that it's going to be the other right. guy, and then he yeah. So number nine, number but nine. Of course, you realize it is right. not number going nine to be thinks either. that he should be number six. That's why he did it. He thinks he should be a he should be a higher number than nine. And right. So mm. that you you nailed it, Luke. You nailed it, Lucas. That's it's just it's just hierarchy. Yeah. I need to be on top of that guy. Now, is below all of them. What I love yeah. is that they. They did the same thing in from Russia with Love. They did the exact. They did the same thing that they did in Goldfinger, almost. Where in Russia with Love we have on Spectre Island we have the long, elaborate training sequence. Well, in Goldfinger we have the uh, MI five MI six's training sequence. Q's headquarters. They spend a lot of time there to mirror that to show that they're they're equals. In this movie, they do it directly because they've got the council, the Spectre's council. And then once they hatch their plot, they send a message to MI6, and they call every double O back. And you see every double O sitting in a room, and it gives a sense of scope to both the organization, to more than both, uh, gives a scope to the organization, the problem, and the uh, the solution that every everyone is. And what a great and oh what a God, great right? room. For both of them. Oh my both God! Of both, both of them. Both and of them and, the, are great. and the high back chairs are sitting in, and of course, Bond comes in late, and M says, "I guess we can get started now." <laughs> and, and and one of them's one one of the double O's is a woman. And all the you know the 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 giant tapestry would pull up to show a screen. Yeah. The nine double O's that we see, they're all sitting in a semicircle, and they're obviously the seventh seat is. Is reserved for James Bond, but if you, they do have a couple of shots where you see other double O's. What are their missions? What one? What do their missions look like? Are they all the cold opens from the earlier films? And two, they're all kind of average looking. And I was actually really impressed that if you look at them, there's actually a woman. One of the double O's is a woman. And for the '60s, I thought that was a really interesting, you know, thing. Huh. I don't. I don't remember it, that. Uh, I feel like it's it's either this one or it's a later later one with Sean Connery, where they have another group view. But okay. I feel like I saw that. I just thought it was really cool that they they thought this was such a big deal that we're be, you know the the Earth is being held hostage that they called all the double O's into a room and assigned them tasks to go find this you know figure right. this out. Um, real quick with the you know so he again he's on vacation and and he. He's at you know the place where they're stashing part of their plot. Um, you know James Bond has a very tumultuous and you know and kind of now in retrospect icky history with consent. For, for yeah, this one was like very overtly like he just goes and tries to kiss this woman and she's like get away from me and I was like hey that's pretty rapey knock it off yeah so this is yeah. this is this is 1965 yep. and that was unfortunately that was cool yeah, yeah. oh and, and and you can't uh, uh, yeah no and, i uh, i get no, it and you, and you can't it was cool i can't um like 
you you're not obeying to the social rules and mores of my century right now. Like, well, of course not. You right. were back then, but I, that's still like viscerally, yeah. Like that, I don't. Oh yeah, that is an age. That, that, but then, but, but then remember, I was a nine-year-old kid watching this, thinking, "Wow, that's really yeah. cool." Right. Oh, and I, um, which is its own own problem. Um, no, I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I actually really like. I, I do think the vacation sequence is is great because we we see the aftermath of one of his missions. We see an actual aftermath of it. We don't see him be a. Uh, we don't immediately go into, uh, as we said, like each of the cold opens is this is Tuesday. This this episode doesn't matter. Um, yeah, we see him go into. But I, I never I never considered it a vacation sequence. It was a uh, recuperation. I need a recuperation sequence. But what are the odds that he would go to the same place that this entire specter? plan was going to be, you know, covered. I thought, wow, talk about a coincidence. Well, they even kind of, yeah. they even kind of <laughs> like lampshade that and talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that is a coincidence. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah, there's a, it's a great spot next to this, this airfield. Well, <laughs> that, that, yeah. that is, that's the incredulous thing to me because if it's a relaxing spa, why is it next to an airfield that's going to be constantly loud? Also, I want their windows because he shuts... There's a jet engine going off outside, and he shuts the window, and it's silent in there now. Mute. It silences that, yeah. Yeah, I, I want that um, as a window. So, the plot, the, like, the, the, the Spectre's plot is we're going to go hijack these this plane, and we're going to steal the nuke, the, the atomic bombs, and hold the world ransom with the bombs. And to do Right. They get a guy and they pay for plastic surgery so he looks like the pilot that's piloting the plane. And Crazy. all and in the back of my mind I'm like, how much money does it all these heists cost? Like what I mean th this this is almost like the the Austin Powers we're gonna you know, hostages for one million dollars. Yeah, like like what's and I'm like, wait a what's minute. What's your profit margin here? Because it can't yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like you're making maybe a hundred grand. Like there's got to be an easier way to make a hundred grand. And they even they even yeah. talk about like oh, you're doing. I, that's yeah. <laughs> I love how how their whole group. I mean all the. I mean look at the they they laid out they they laid out lights underwater so they could land the plane and they. It was you have crazy. to hire all those people it, and keep what, them quiet and all the con. All the contractors involved. You, you had. They have a guy that Largo has a shark guy. He has he has a shark guy to fill that tank. That has to be <laughs> yeah. yeah that has to be guy. expensive. Yeah. yeah. So so like what, what? How much money are you actually making? Well, um, I don't so. even know if it's the money at this point because <laughs> now it just seems ideological. They have it has to be ideological for them. They're just evil for evil's sake. That uh right. Because that—that's the only way this makes sense. Because if you listen to their numbers of the like the the amount of money that they're making off of off of their drug enterprises and and all of their Greg un, unscrewing all of the uh, the the salt shakers. <laughs> Greg, um, if uh, the amount of money that they could be making from that isn't very much, like he, the drug dealer, the guy who almost dies, he says, "Yeah, we uh, we ended up making two point five million dollars." 
Okay, that's that's a substantial amount of money. That's not that much money for for the amount no. of of high tech gear that they have going on. For the amount of what they have, what what they do, the number of people. God, right? Look, look, look at all the. Okay, so look at the underwater sequences, and the all of the the craft that they have driving around underwater that were specifically designed to pick up atomic weapons, not nuclear weapons, atomic weapons. They kept saying that. Right. How much did all that cost? And all these people, there were there were probably 50 people underwater fighting. And I'm thinking, what's the paycheck involved mm-hmm. in that? How, how, you know, at the end of the day, these guys get out of the water and go, well, I need to go home and, and get something to eat. Right. And what, what is their, and live somewhere. What is their and dental plan? What, like? you know, what's my paycheck? Like how it's good, how you good know, is their dental yeah, plan? You know, what's my 401k? <laughs> I liked that his ship, you know, it has the breakaway, the breakaway bit, you know, the, uh, the, the yeah. Batmobile escape pod from, uh, Batman Returns. Um, it, uh, the name of the ship is the, yeah, the name I, of the ship is the Disco Volante, which is Italian for flying saucer, and it launches a flying yeah. saucer. Now I I read an article about that that this movie they spent about half the budget on that boat. That that tracks because that that boat actually was real mm. when it when it separated the hydrofoils. It it actually was real. It, it it worked. So it was crazy. So they, they again, the plot, they, they, they steal the atomic weapons. James Bond is alerted to this. He recognizes the person as someone that he saw at the, at right. the re- recuperation place. So he's off to the Bahamas, which is another tropical location. And on the heels so quickly of, you know, we just, we'd just been to the Bahamas and Dr. No, um, I know Fleming lived in Jamaica, so he had an affinity for that location, and it's a very exotic place. But I do like the ones that like branch out to places that you haven't been to before. Yeah, movies. Right. Um, I did like that. I did like that. M asked him, "Is this? Do you want to do this because of your affinity for water sports, or do you actually need to do this?" And he said, "No, I actually saw that guy die." And the other person said, well, that's impossible. And M supports right. him. He says, yep. nope. If 007 says this, good it's enough for me. true. Yeah. It's good enough for me. Yep, I buy yep. it. There's another casino scene. So we get down there. Yep. And for me, I, the one in Dr. No works because it's so simple. He doesn't say a lot of stuff. He says his name. He's smoking a cigarette. It's perfect. He's, he's perfect. This... Well, that's it is. It, it was absolutely perfect. This one was great too, but there's a lot more talking, and it's, it's you know, and I don't know. So it was just different. Well, he kept interacting uh, with Largo, right. and it was kind of like he he was saying things that you know, like snarky, like Largo wouldn't understand that he knew what he was going on. But right, yeah, that uh, that I, you talked, you said that you liked Largo. Largo to me was actually really boring. He's way more boring than Goldfinger. He's not anywhere near as menacing. He's not anywhere near as as um, shot across the bow. What's up? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think he's just kind of. I thought he was kind of boring. 
Um, and it's funny because he's the the character that uh, Robert Stack's based off of in the, in the Austin Powers movies. Oh wow! Because I actually thought that that Largo was a much better villain than <laughs> than um, than Goldfinger. Really? I, I I don't see. Yeah, it. just 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 because of his he was he was much cooler. I mean, when the guy was killed in the in the room, yeah, he was just there writing notes down like yeah this is Tuesday he couldn't be bothered by it yeah yeah Yeah. it's just like yeah whatever um but no that's just my opinion um so he's staying at the hotel and he's trying to you know get up up into to largo and and um i love the part so he's he's met largo's niece domino and she's the one that's gonna like be the she's the love interest and he's there with another agent a female agent and in her room, or yeah, her room, he comes in and like he, he's kind of weirded out. There's something going on here. Again, I love the little spy things, like when he's actually being a spy. Yes. He goes to the book that he set up a tape recorder in, and he reco- yep. rewinds it, and then the camera follows the movements of what he's listening to. So watching it yes. happen, but. That was really cool. Footsteps. Oh so yeah. He's watching the footsteps go across the room. And knows where knows, knows where they, they are. are. That was yep. just really neat. Um, I liked that a lot. Um, I liked that. You mentioned the. Uh, I loved the uh, the fight, the the small fight he has where he just decks uh, Felix Leiter, because Felix is a chump. Um, where he he hits him. I just thought that was great that he, he he hits him because he almost says you almost said 007 and then immediately okay you said 007 to a guy who's awake right now I wrote the same thing a- down <laughs> Lucas I wrote the same thing that you were about to say 007 you were probably just, why you just said it louder than he was gonna say it <laughs> so, you were the worst ever uh. <laughs> I'm a spy. Like that's just all you do. <laughs> and you know, it, it it's interesting because in the books, he he was never a spy. Right, he's the assassin. He was right. an assassin. But an assassin is a much harder sell as a as a hero than a spy is. But he's oh, also yeah. he's barely yeah. a spy in this. He does very little spying. He just kind of he does tend to stumble into uh, villain plots. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting because and even in. in in any of them so far, he hasn't really been a spy. He's not sneaking around stealing He's been a secrets. detective most of the time. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it isn't until later when he, like, he's breaking into a, a Russian, you know, he has to jump off a dam <laughs> to get a Russian place <laughs> to steal stuff or blow things up. But, yeah, these are, it's more, there's something bad going on, so I gotta go figure out what's, what it is. So I guess he's, right. a, he's more, he's a secret agent. Right. Which that's... Right. Which is very 60s. Did I hear... This is something I wanted to ask you both. So, they're ransoming... You know, it's a British movie, so... They're ransoming the world for 100 pounds sterling. Mm -hmm. To be paid in diamonds. Yes. Why were they paying... Like, what? (laughs) Well, because... I think think diamonds are easily gotten rid of. Yeah, diamonds you can get rid of, and they can also cancel them... Yeah. They, they can can't yeah. uh, having that much having British pounds means that you can sell that you can use them in England, you can use them in you know 
the colony and and the few colonies that still use them. This is a diamonds are a more diamonds are forever. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot <laughs> believe you said that. I, I will I will say that I wrote this one down because of the when um, when the guy was doing the ransom notice. This is what we want and pound sterling and all that. He said he wants Big Ben to chime seven times at six o'clock. I thought that was the coolest thing that they would think the writers would think. Let's put that into this. Yeah, let's do into the script. Yeah. Could, could you imagine that happening? Because people listen to Big Ben, you know, all the time, and all of a sudden that would happen. That that's that is, pretty and, cool. And even it's just something. It's something subtle, but like. Yeah, the, you know, even the, the clock tower that I have on campus, if it was to ring the wrong amount of hours, I, like, instantly would be, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. Something's weird. What was that? Well, uh, any clock that's, uh, a clock that's wrong is just unsettling. And so the most famous right. clock in the world. Being wrong would, right. would, would get the point across that, hey, we, we, got, we got your message. You know, it, he, uh, I, I think... All these movies have great set pieces, right? Like that's what they're built on. That's what you remember. You remember the um, the Fort Knox fight job, and you, oh, yeah. you remember uh, the train fight in, in Russia with Love. Um, this one, the underwater fight, is, is phenomenal. Oh, it's phenomenal, and the I love the um, uh, the parade. That he was he was he was weaving in and out of the people right. because he was shot. That that yeah. was really good. I mean, it's like how whenever you go to New Orleans, it's always there's always a Mardi Gras parade, and if you go to Chicago, there's always a St. Patrick's Day parade. So, <laughs> I mean, but I mean to to have him you know go through the parade and finally ends up dancing with her, and then you know the 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 crescendo builds, and then she gets shot, and he. Puts her down with somebody else and says she's just dead. I know you don't. You think that the the one-liners are a little much, but they're part of they're they're part uh, of James Bond. So I actually no, that they, they are. I know. I, I I think that the this was this was still a good one. It's just it's um it's actually, definitely where weaker. Did Thunderball, where did Thunderball come from? It was the it was the code name oh, for this right. And I, okay, mission. I didn't know if it had like right. I knew it was the code name. I just didn't know if it had any like significance. It came from Tom I Jones. I don't think so. <laughs> now Perfect. I think that it, it we need to we would be remiss without mentioning the turmoil and controversy that surrounds this movie. Okay. Okay. With Kevin McClory and oh yeah. So this movie is based on Thunderball the novel. It was kind of it, it. There was it was a novelization of a screenplay that Fleming and this guy McClory and a couple other people had started writing. McClory kind of was like you know they, they were they made Doctor No, they made Russia with Love, they made Goldfinger. They're going to make this one. And he's like ah, I I I'm a part of this. You need to make me a part of this. So it, it, it's I actually think I don't I don't was was. Bacoli, like if you look at the Wikipedia page, it's it's produced by Kevin McClory. It's oh, not produced by Alfred uh, Albert Broccoli. Bacoli and, and uh, uh, really, and awesome. if you I remember if you look at the credits, like he's in it, like he's he produced by Kevin McClory. Wow. So, and then 
And so this, yeah, and then that was is what leads to the long legal battle, and that's why we get uh, Never Say Never Again. Exactly. Oh, so, oh, oh, okay, so McClory received sole producer credit on this film, and Bercoli and Salzman instead served as executive. So, like, they just kind of appeased him, and, like, it, it was a huge success. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually read it, it was it, it exceeded every one of them before, and also did better than the five movies that followed it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a very, it is a very big, Well, but loud... they, they kind of went downhill. Oh, it's a flashy, bombastic movie. I just thought that was interesting that, so this, there's a movie that basically Fleming and McClory, they thought that they owned this story. So then McClory yep. goes off and makes Never Say Never Again, which we'll get to. But there's this controversy of Saltzman and Broccoli weren't actually as involved as they had been in the other movies. Right. Huh. So, just wanted to bring it up. I thought that was... I, I, I was interesting. Yep. But, um... No, this was good. This was, um... Again, I, think, I think that I, it's... I, once, again, I think it really once again, I think it was a really good movie. Based on my... My, um... I have to wonder, how many James Bond movies has you, have you seen in theaters, Dad? Um... I think all of them. Interesting. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen all of them in the movie. Maybe, maybe, maybe the first, the first two, maybe not because I right. was kind of young. But I, I remember going to the movies and seeing this one. So it'll be interesting when we get to Goldeneye, because that was the first yeah. I remember going to the theater and seeing. So my, right. I'll feel because different. Because it, it's all, I mean, it's all, it's all about how you right. perceive things. I mean, this one, I, I don't know. There, there's so many things that were so cool in it. The the underwater fight. Thinking is so about brutal. James James Bond when he was when, oh, it was it was amazing. That was one of the first underwater sequences filmed that right. way. Like you have, and when he was when he was on the hydrofoil, you know, the foil trying to climb up into the into the ship. That wasn't CGI. That was right. real. I mean, it wasn't, of course, Sean Connery, but yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it was. I don't know. And then the end, it, it, it killed me, the end of the movie when there was no reason for him to do it, but of course he hooks a harness up and there was a plane that flies through and picks both of them I, up. I honestly expected because, him to just leave because it's in the, cool. in the, uh, the life raft. The life raft. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> and, and intentionally or otherwise, just because he's going to get picked up by a plane I don't know how he may be strong. I don't know how good his upper arm strength is to hold on to a uh, hundred hundred to hundred fifty pound unsecured load. Lucas, it was. I'm Sean aware Connery. it was Sean Connery. It's Sean. It was Sean Connery. <laughs> but I will say the the Disco Volante. That's pro. That's probably the coolest boat I've seen. It yeah. was. It was pretty cool. So yeah, this was. Uh... I'm glad that we got back to got back to watching these. It'd been a while. Uh, yes, it had. So this yeah. was uh, it was yep. nice to see this one again. Um, I will say that after this one, I know that it, it's going to start taking a very dramatic downturn. Um, but I say that having not, I mean, I haven't seen the next couple of them in a long time. Right. We'll see. We'll see. How it goes. They get kind of gadgety. Yeah. 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 But they were, and that you know that's okay. I mean, they're they're fun movies. Until that, that's, <laughs> yeah. Until some of them weren't. <laughs> um, well, great. Well, 
Lucas, where uh, where can folks find us? Uh, we can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Sword in Boardcast. We can also be found on basically every streaming platform you can think of. Uh, our theme music, Iron Curtain Shuffle, is produced by the incredible Ryan Boyd. You can find them at Ryandroid on Twitter. Our artwork is done by the wonderful Wes Forbes. Our uh, our movies are you know done by James Bond. So that's. Uh, so, Bored, James Bored, <laughs> will return in. You only live twice. <laughs>